You're listening to Different, a sermon series about what it means to be a Christian. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. All right, how are we doing, Elevate? We doing good? Yeah. Look at the person sitting next to you and tell them to tell you how great you look today. And now tell the person who told you that it's okay. You already knew, right? You already knew you looked good. Man, that was, that was good. Wasn't that song good? Amen, man. She'd sing real good. That was pretty. Almost as good as I could sing. I was excited about that. Hey, my name is Robert Andrews. If you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here. And I am so glad that you are joining us today. Uh, just one quick announcement for the ladies of the church. Uh, we are having a special info event for you this Wednesday night. This Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. And it's going to be called, I think they're calling it uh, Fountains and Friendship and Fountains. That's what they're calling it, Friendship and Fountains. And so we want you to come, hang out, get to know some of the other ladies at the church. There's going to be a uh, Bible study as well on godly friendships or friendships from a godly perspective. So come and be a part of that. This Wednesday, 6 o'clock, we're going to have child care. We've got a lot of other stuff going on. Men, you can come to my Bible study. Uh, it's always uh, fun. At least I have fun teaching to you guys. I don't know if they really enjoy it or not. But uh, that's this Wednesday, 6 o'clock. We've got something for everyone. Well, we are starting a brand new series today that we are calling Different. That's the, that's the title, Just, Just Different. And as we get started uh, this morning. Let me ask, how many of you guys like to play games? You like to play games, got a competitive nature, a couple of people out there. Uh, I, I really do. I have a very competitive nature like this. It wasn't maybe just a couple of weeks ago, I was playing Hungry Hippos with Sadie Kate, man, and I destroyed that girl at some Hungry Hippos, man. And, and so Amanda's like, Robert, you have to let her win sometimes. And I'm like, Psh, life's a struggle, girl. I ain't letting her win nothing. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just hitting that thing, hitting that thing, hitting that thing. I mean, I'm, I'm the Hungry Hippo boss. I'm just going to tell you all, okay? And, and here's what's crazy. When you tell somebody that you're good at something, usually there's somebody who just naturally thinks, well, I'm better than you at that, right? Like when I said I'm good at Hungry Hippos, some of y'all were like, you can't beat me at Hungry Hippos, right? Anybody, anybody, know, anybody say that? Yeah, and if you don't think I can beat you at Hungry Hippos, you know, bless your heart, you're delusional, okay? I'm glad you're here. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm good at Hungry Hippos. And so I like to play games. There's this competitive nature in me. There's a competitive nature in all of us. And so I remember uh, when McDonald's, uh, years ago, they put little screens at some of their tables where you could go and play games. Anybody remember that? You could go and you could play pool. You could go and play, uh, I don't know, golf. You could play um, just various games. But there was a game that Amanda and I liked to play a lot, and it was called Spot the Difference. What they would do is they would put two pictures that you thought that looked identical uh, side by side on the screen, and so you had to pick out four or five differences before your time ran out. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody, anybody play the game? So I love that game. I love that game. And so uh, this morning, we're going to play that game together. I've got some pictures that I'm going to put on the screen, okay? Very similar. They're very similar in the way that they look, but there are some subtle differences, okay? And they're going to start off a little easy. They'll progressively get harder, uh, but we're not going to put them on the screen until I tell you to go. But again, we've got three things, and so whenever you feel like you can find the difference, all I want you to do is raise your hand, okay? Raise your hand. I'm not going to call on you, but we want to see who can spot these differences the fastest. Are you all ready? Yeah. My mic on today? You all ready? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Here we go. First one, go. 
Can y'all see the difference here? Okay, some of y'all are like, is there a difference? I don't really see it. If that's you, you partied way too hard last night, okay? There's a big difference here, okay? You got Mona Lisa and Mona Ugly, you know what I mean? So, man, if that's your mom, I'm sorry, but that's ugly, okay, right there. So, uh, so anyway, that's the first one. So you can kind of see the differences there. It's pretty easy. All right, here we go. It's going to get a little bit harder. Y'all ready for the next one? Ready? All right, here we go. Go. I see. There's two differences. Anybody see the differences? You got the moon in one, and then there's a shadow by her foot over there. Y'all see that? There's differences, okay? There are differences. So, okay, we got a third one here. We got a third one, and this is going, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Are y'all ready for this? It's going to be a little bit more difficult. The third one, here we go. They're going to put it on the screen right now. Go. <laughs> Raise your hand when you can see the difference. Y'all see the difference? Yep. The dirty birds still don't have a ring. You know what I'm saying? But you can see that dirty ring around the toy right there. What? Who that? Who that? That's my team, the Saints right there. But anyway, again, sometimes it's harder to see. Sometimes it's harder to see the differences in things. Other times, it's very easy for you and I to see the differences in things. But the truth of the matter is, did you know that God wants you and I to be different? He wants us all to be different. He wants his followers to be different than the people of the world. In fact, Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Do not be like this world. Now, Deep down within each and every one of us is this desire to be liked and to be cherished and to be appreciated by the people who are around us. It's such a deep desire that we have that oftentimes we're willing to do what everybody else wants us to do or we're willing to do what everybody else is doing just so that we can feel liked, loved, and cherished. But what if I told you today that God could care less if you were liked? God could care less if you were cherished or appreciated by the people around you. What if, I, what if I told you that God is not worried about how popular you are? And what if I told you that the purpose of the gospel really wasn't even to fit in? In fact, the purpose of the gospel is to stand out and to be different. See, that is the actual teaching of God's holy word. God has called us, again, to be different, to stand against the grain. He's called us to be the light in this dark world. Realizing that you don't fit in is a good thing because you weren't created to fit in. You were created to fulfill your purpose in Christ Jesus. So what we're going to be doing in this series is we're going to be looking at several of the ways that God wants you and I to be different from the people of this world. And today I want to talk to you about faith. I want to talk to you about faith because God wants his followers to have a different faith than the faith of this world. World. Now, it doesn't matter if you are a follower of Christ or if you're not a follower of Christ. Everybody has some level of faith in their life. Everybody has some type of faith. Like, like today, when you woke up, you walked over to a light switch. And what did you do? You flipped that switch. You didn't even think about it. You just believed, you trusted that when you flipped that light switch, that the light was going to come on. Uh, you know, this, how many of y'all brushed your teeth this morning? If you're sitting by somebody who's not got their hand up, say, that is gross, okay? You're supposed to brush your teeth. 
Okay, but if you brushed your teeth this morning, you walked over to a faucet, and what did you do? You turned that faucet on. You weren't going, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? You believed, you had faith again, that that faucet was going to allow water to come out. How many of y'all drove to church today? You drove, okay. When you got in your car and you put the key in the ignition, you exercised a level of faith. You believed that that car was going to crank even if you drive a Chevy. You believed it, right? It was going to crank. You believed that. So again, it doesn't matter if you are a Christian, if you are an atheist, or if you are a Buddhist, or whatever. Everyone has some level of faith. When you walked into this room, you sat in a chair that you believed would support your weight. You had faith. And so since everyone has some level of faith, I want you to see something that the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. The Bible says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Now, since everyone has some level of faith, does that mean that their faith is pleasing to God? The answer is no. No, because it's a different kind of faith than you and I just believing that the light switch is going to turn on when we flip it. It, It's a different kind of faith than you and I just trusting our car to crank that God is looking for. Again, as followers of Christ, we are to be different and we are to have a different type of faith. So what does this faith look like? What does a faith that pleases God look like? If you've got a pen and piece of paper and you want to write it down, I'm going to give you three things this morning about a faith that pleases God. And the first thing that I want you to see today is that a faith that pleases God causes us to walk with Jesus. It causes us to walk with Jesus. Now, I want to show you a story in the book of Luke, book of Luke, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those gospels, they kind of flow together. But there is a story in the book of Luke that is unique to the book of Luke. And it's in Luke chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 11. The words will be on the screen for you. But here's what the Bible says. It says, soon afterwards. Now let me stop for just a second. Because when I'm doing my Bible study, when I'm reading the Bible, I've started to notice that there are times where I will just read over several words and not really think much about it. And so what I've tried to do is any time the Bible says, therefore, I try to go back and realize why, what the there really is for. And it's the same thing for soon afterwards. Soon after what? What is this soon after it talking about? What, what is that? And so if you go and you look at the book of Luke, you're going to see that this soon afterwards is talking about some pretty amazing things. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes out to the desert, and after he comes back from the desert, he starts doing all these amazing miracles. He heals a leper. He heals someone who is paralyzed in Luke chapter 6. Someone asks him a question, and he goes off on this unbelievable teaching, the best teaching that you have ever heard. In Luke chapter 7, he heals a kid. This guy comes up to Jesus and is like, Jesus, my son is sick. Will you heal him? And Jesus is like, sure, let's get to your house and we'll take care of this. And the man says, no, 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 Jesus. You don't even have to come to my house. I know that if you'll just say the word, if you'll just say the word, my son will be healed. And Jesus says, wow, I haven't seen faith like this before. And so Jesus says the word, and miraculously at that moment, the son is healed. And so this soon afterward is soon after all of those unbelievable things that have ha- has happened. And so it says soon afterwards, he was on his way to a town called Nain. Now, how many of y'all uh, know anything about uh, the town Nain in the Bible? 
little insignificant town. Uh, it's kind of like Pearl, Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot, not a lot happens there. People really didn't go there much unless you're going to the, to the Mississippi Braves game or something like that. But anyway, so they didn't really go this way. This was a smaller, smaller town. Uh, but I wonder, I wonder, it says he was going to name his disciples and a large crowd was traveling with him. So again, think of all these miraculous things that Jesus has just done. I can't help but wonder what in the world the people in the crowd with Jesus were talking about. I wonder what was on their mind. I can't help but think that in that crowd, there was a sense of excitement, and there was a sense of passion, and there was a sense of anticipation. I can't help but think that some of those people were saying to one another, man, did you see what Jesus did yesterday? Did, did you see what he did the day before? Man, he, he healed a leper. Do you know what leprosy is? No, man, what is leprosy? Leprosy is a disease that causes parts of your body to fall off, like your nose might fall off, your fingers might fall off. If you had leprosy, you couldn't go to people's birthday parties and eat chips and dip, because if you took a chip and tried to get some dip, your finger might fall off in the salsa, and people would be like, ugh, I ain't trying to eat no salsa with a nasty finger in there, not today, not any day, am I right? People were like, man, it was amazing. Jesus spoke the word, and he healed this man of leprosy, and somebody was like, yeah, but did you see what he did to Bubba? Did you see what he did for Bubba? Man, Bubba, Bubba, man, he tried to jump that cliff on a supercharged donkey, and when he didn't make it, he got paralyzed, man. He wasn't able to move. He was just laying around, and then Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus just says the word, and Jesus heals this person. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then somebody else was probably like, again, did you hear him teach? I've never seen somebody teach that way with so much power, so much authority. It's like he knew Things. And so people were saying, look at what Jesus has done. Look at all that he's done. And I can't help but think that they thought that if we just continue to follow him, if we just continue to walk with him, we're going to see more amazing things happen. We, we might not understand it all, but if we just walk with Jesus, if we just walk with him, we're going to see amazing things because everywhere Jesus goes, unbelievable and amazing things happen happen. We just need to continue to walk with him as long as we can. I can't help but think that's what they thought. And the truth of the matter is that's really how his followers today should be. We should have this level of excitement, this, this passion, this anticipation when we come into God's house, when we are with Jesus. I heard somebody once say that they had been to funeral services that were more exciting than some church services. Man, I don't want that to be said about Elevate Church for sure. I don't, I mean, I just think we ought to come into church excited about the possibilities. I think people ought to get speeding tickets coming to church. We just can't wait to get there. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all are like, man, I can't wait to get home. But I just think we ought to be excited to get here where we think about the fact, man, I know what God did last week, but what's he going to do today? I'm excited about who Christ is and what Christ can do. Christians, again, we ought to have this level of anticipation, where we might even say that it might not appear like he's doing anything in my life right now, but I got a feeling that if I just stay with him, that if I keep walking with him, he's going to do something that will blow my mind. I just need to walk with him. Again, our faith, this different kind of faith, should cause us to walk with him every day. 
But there's another crowd in this story. There's another crowd in this story. There's a crowd that's walking with Jesus. And look at what verse 12 says. The Bible says, Just as he neared the gate of the town, a dead man was being carried out, his mother's only son, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was also with her. Now, I want you to imagine this. I want you to think about this. You've got two two crowds of people. And and in one group of people, there, there is this sense of excitement this sense of anticipation. They're pumped up. Man, what's God going to do next? What's Jesus going to do next? But then there's this funeral coming. And while in this crowd there might be a sense of anticipation, in this crowd over here, there's a sense of hurt and a sense of hopelessness. There's a sense of frustration. Maybe this mother was saying, man, I prayed to God that God would heal my son. And and he didn't do it. He could have showed up. He could have done something great. He could have done something, but he didn't. So there's frustration over here. And and I can see them walking with their heads down. So again, there's this crowd that's full of life, that's with Jesus, and they're marching towards a crowd of people that is just full of hopelessness. And I wonder if they even realize the possibilities that could happen here. Do we realize the possibilities when we are walking with Jesus, when we leave this place, when we go to work, when we go to school, when we go wherever it is that we're going, because we're walking with Jesus and we're walking in life and we're walking towards people who don't have hope. Do we realize the possibilities of miracles that could take place? Do we have this sense of anticipation? See, maybe today you're here and you're, you're lacking anticipation. Maybe you're frustrated. And God didn't do what you asked him to do. Maybe you asked God to heal somebody and, and he didn't heal that person. Maybe, maybe you asked God to make your marriage better and the marriage doesn't seem to be getting better. Maybe, maybe you asked God to give you a job and you lost the job that you had. There are all sorts of reasons that you and I can be frustrated. But if this crowd that is walking in frustration, just would have realized who was walking towards them. If they just would have realized who was walking towards them, their attitude could change. Their reality could change. See, I just believe that some people need to get out of the frustration line and into the anticipation line. And see, if you're frustrated because of what you think God is not doing, you just need to look up and notice the fact, again, that Jesus is coming to you. Jesus is coming to you. He knows where you are. If he went to a little obscure village called Nain, he will go wherever you are. He will come to you, and if you will walk with him, you'll be amazed at what God can do. So our faith, this faith that's different from the faith of the world, causes us to walk with Jesus not just on Sunday. Not just on Sunday. Every day. Every day. So our faith, a faith that pleases God, causes us to walk with Jesus. Not only that, but a faith that pleases God causes us to listen to Jesus. To listen to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting pretty old. I really am. I I know y'all probably look up here and you see this body that looks like it was sculpted off the pages of Greek mythology, you know. But I really am. I'm getting old, okay. Uh, You know, you know you're getting old when you about pull a hamstring, getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, praise it. Just me, pray for me. All right. So, but I'm getting old. And so my, 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 my memory is not what it used to be. You know, uh, have you ever been talking? You're just like, what was I, where was I going? What was I doing? Did that happen? I think something might be wrong with me. Y'all all perfect. I got some problems. But so, I, so my memory's messed up. And so my vision is not what it used to be. I was at McDonald's and they got this screen where you had to, you know, you order, anybody seen it on Clay Street? You've got to touch it and order your own stuff. I told them they were running themselves out of a job. They needed to punch this thing and break it. But I had to back up so I could see what was going on. I couldn't see. I couldn't see anything. I got glasses. I should wear them. And so the other day, the other day, not too long ago, uh, me and Amanda were driving down the road, okay? We're driving down the road, and I'm literally, I'm driving. I've got both hands on the steering wheel. I'm not texting I'm not on the phone like a lot of people are when we're driving. So I'm driving, and we're approaching this intersection. We're approaching a light, and out of nowhere, this car comes, and they seriously, they almost hit us, okay? So I put my arm up, you know, to protect Amanda from going through the windshield because I'm so, remember that, I'm so strong. And so, and so I'm holding, she's buckled up. You're supposed to buckle up. So she's buckled up, but I hold her back, and I, I just said, Amanda, look at that idiot running that red light. And she looks at me, and she says, you're the idiot. It's your light that's red. She was right. That is my life. She pointed out the obvious. I'm the idiot, and that's my life. But in life, sometimes don't you need somebody in your life to point out the obvious? Don't you? Sometimes we need that. Well, what I want you to understand is that that's exactly what Jesus will do. If you continue to walk with him and you continue to listen to him. Look at what happens in verse 13. The Bible says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, don't cry. Now, doesn't that sound odd? Don't cry. This, this woman is mourning the loss of her son. Don't Christians say some pretty stupid things at funerals and at the death? of individuals. I mean, but this right here just seems real ridiculous. You know? I mean, imagine you're at the funeral of a loved one, of a family member. You are crying. You are mourning. You are weeping. And somebody walks up to you and says, don't cry. How would you respond? What? <laughs> Make you cry. I mean, that's right. That's, that's, how, that's how we would want to be seems like a weird thing unless you really understand what Jesus is trying to say to this woman. See, essentially what Jesus is saying is, look, hope is here. Hope is in me is what Jesus is saying. I am bigger than this problem that you are facing. I, I am bigger than this problem. And since I am bigger than this problem you are facing, that means that you are bigger than this problem you are facing. See, see, I believe that there are some people who can't get in the crowd of people that is walking with Jesus and feel real anticipation and a sense of excitement and passion simply because they're so focused on their problems. They're so focused on their problems. They're focusing on their problems instead of who it is that's standing right in front of them. 
See, when you and I are facing a problem, I believe that Jesus really looks at us and says, don't cry. Don't worry. I am bigger than this issue. I am bigger than the fact that your marriage is struggling. I am bigger than the fact that things don't seem to be going the way that you would like for them to be going. I am bigger than those things. Do not cry. Bigger than any problem you will ever face. Do not cry and listen to me. But the reason the words that Jesus says seem so ridiculous is because this woman doesn't realize who Jesus is. And that's when you and I begin to feel like Jesus' words are ridiculous, when we don't realize exactly who he is. But imagine this. I really hope this blesses somebody, man. But imagine when Jesus told this woman not to cry. These two crowds are walking towards each other. I wonder if the crowd of people that was already walking with Jesus began to think, oh my goodness. Soon after all those, do you, what do you think Jesus is about to do here? I mean, I, again, I wonder if they just had this excitement, this, this, this imagination. I wonder if they began to think, man, Jesus, is he about to turn this hopeless situation around? And I wonder if this woman thought, Who in the world does this man think he is? Who does he think he is? Because this is where the story gets really crazy. Look at what happens in verse 14. The Bible says, Then he came up and touched the open coffin, and the pallbearers stopped. Now let me, why why in the world did the pallbearers stop? You need to understand that Jesus is a rabbi. And And Jews during this period, especially rabbis, they didn't touch anything that was dead. They wouldn't touch anything that had touched something that was dead. Why? Because it made them ceremonially unclean. It made them unclean. And so it was a big big no-no. So when Jesus, a rabbi, walks up to this coffin and he touches the coffin, people would have been like, (gasps) shocked. They would have been shocked. And verse 14 says, he goes to the young man and says, I tell you, get up. Now, again, there's two crowds of people there. Just like in our world today, two crowds. There's a crowd full of anticipation and a crowd full of frustration. There's a crowd full of life. There's a crowd full of death. That's just like our world. And I wonder, I wonder, I just can't help but think when Jesus said, young man, Get up. I wonder if the people who are following Jesus really thought, is this possible? Do you really think he's going to get up? I wonder if the two crowds were what they were saying. I mean, when Jesus spoke to a dead person and commanded him to get up, I mean, you know, did people think this guy's lost his mind? What's he talking about? This, This boy is dead. See, a faith that pleases God not only, again, causes us to follow him, but to listen to him even when what he is telling us to do seems impossible, seems ridiculous. We we need to listen to his voice even, even when it sounds impossible instead of listing all the reasons why what he is telling us to do is not possible. See, Here's what you've got to understand about God. God will never call you to a fair fight. 
He won't. God will always call, call you to situations and circumstances where the odds are, are stacked against you. If you can do what God told you to do without God, you didn't hear from God. If you can do what God told you to do without God, you did not hear from God. Again, because he's going to call us to difficult situations, situations that seem impossible because he wants to glorify himself through that. So a faith that pleases God, again, it causes us to walk with Jesus. It causes us to listen to Jesus. And one more thing that I want you to see about a faith that pleases God is it causes us to believe in Jesus. It causes us to believe in Jesus. Now, almost everybody in church says, I believe in Jesus. Almost everybody. That's what we're supposed to say. But my question is, do we really? Do we really believe in Christ? Do we really believe in the power of Christ? Because what makes our faith different, what should make our faith different is the fact that we believe Jesus is capable of greater things. That's what makes us different. And so we follow him, we listen to him, and watch, watch what happens. Jesus tells this guy to get up. And I can imagine that there were people again who were like, man, Jesus, you're crazy. This guy's dead. He's dead. But Jesus says, get up and watch what happens in verse 15. The Bible says, the dead man sat up and began to speak. What in the world did he say? I mean, I, I want to know what the man said. Did he say, I tried to tell y'all I was sick. Y'all weren't listening to me. <laughs> what did he say? You know, I mean, this, this, was, this is amazing. I mean, first off, can we just say that if you are at a funeral, if you're at a funeral and the, the person that you're, the, you know, the person just starts to move, we're like, dear God, we're here to mourn the loss of, oh my goodness, Bob was moving. Can we, just imagine, can we just admit that the funeral would be over? We'd be like, oh, you faint, right? I mean, that'd be, that would be crazy. It'd be crazy. So what did he say? Did he say, man, it sure was dark in here? Did he say, man, the last thing I remember saying was here, hold my wine skin? I mean, what, what, what did he say? What did he say? Right here. I, I, I don't know. But verse 15 says, he gets up and Jesus gave him to his mother. Now look at verse 16 because this is where I want us to stop and I'm wrapping up. But verse 16 says, then fear came over everyone. Fear. Now the word for fear there is not like a scared fear. It's more of an awe. It's more of a, wow. It's more of a, an amazement. That's what they were. They were filled with all. They were, wow, look at what Jesus did. Well, see, my prayer for myself, my prayer for you, my prayer for our church is that we would be a people who have so much faith that we walk with Jesus, that we listen to Jesus, that we believe in Jesus, and we are filled with awe. As far as what he has done, what he is doing. My prayer is that when we encounter the other people who have a different faith, that they see us living the way that Christ has called us to live, and they are in awe. Wow. When they, when they see our life, see, I can't help but think that the people who were walking with Jesus, when they saw this, 
They said, man, we got to keep walking with him. And I can't help but think that the people who weren't walking with Jesus said, man, if this guy can do that, I need to know more about him. I need to know what's going on. And the Bible says, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet has risen among us and God visited his people. This report about him went throughout Judea and all the vicinity. You know what happened here? The people said, man, what we've experienced is too good for us to keep to ourselves. We gotta share this with other people. We gotta tell other people what we just experienced, what we have heard. My question is, do you have faith to believe that Jesus can do the impossible? Do you really believe that Jesus can do what the scriptures say he can do? Because if you do, you should be filled with awe, with wonder, The people were blown away because of who Jesus was and what Jesus did. And again, that's my prayer for us. My prayer is that we'd be so full of faith that Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, we'd be blown away by who Jesus is and what he's doing. See, I still believe what happened in the Holy Scriptures can happen today. I still believe that Jesus heals. I still believe that Jesus sets people free. I still believe that Jesus can do all things. I just, I just believe that. Don't ever think that Christ can't do something today like he did in the past. Because the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And every day we live by faith and we have anticipation and excitement and we think, you know what? If God can set me free, who else can he set free from sin? Who else can he set free from addiction? Who else's marriage can he save? Who else can he help financially? Who else can God help? We have a sense of excitement and anticipation about Christ. As Christians, again, we walk around All things are possible. Do you have faith? Real faith. A faith that's different from the world and a faith that pleases God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life. I know oftentimes we come to God's house and It's really just more of a a routine than a sense of expectation. But I want you to know that God brought you here this morning to do something very special for you. So if you'd say, Pastor, there's a situation in my life that really does seem overwhelming, that I'm having difficulty believing anything can change in, would you pray for me? I'm going to ask that right where you are, you lift your hand. Amen. 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 Father, I pray for these individuals who are going through difficult trials, Father. I'm thankful that you know all the details about these situations. And I'm thankful, Father, that you are greater than them all. 
Father, today I pray for miracles. Father, I pray for individuals who are hurting to be healed. Father, I pray for individuals who need your presence. Father, I pray that you would overwhelm them. We're continuing to pray, but I wonder also if today there's somebody here who you've got a faith, but it's, it's not a faith that's different than this world. It's not a faith in Christ. And you know today that you want to surrender to him. You, you maybe came in this church, again, full of frustration, but I'm telling you, Jesus is right in front of you. He wants to save you. He wants to set you free. He wants to give you a hope that cannot be expressed on this side of eternity. If you'd say today that you want Christ in your heart, you want to be saved, right where you are, I'm going to ask that you lift your hand as well. You want to be saved today. Amen. 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 Father, I pray for these individuals. expressing a desire to be saved. Father, I pray that you would forgive them of all their sins the same way you forgave me. Father, I pray that you would come into their heart, Father, that you would change them, that you would mold them into a new person. Father, not a a better version of the old them, but a new person. Father, I pray that you would take their heart of stone and that you would give them a new heart, Father, that comes from you. And Father, I just pray that you would help them each and every day to live for you, to follow you, to be yours. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for faith. Continue to bless us, we pray in Christ's name.